25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by... DraftKings. And you passed the test. I've never done that to you. Sometimes I want to like just like fuck. I you a got bit. nervous. You did great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm Jeremy, by the way, in case y'all uh, are new here. And I'm Laura. And um, together we make up. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> welcome in to the second edition of our Player Year in Review series, mini series. I don't really know what I want to call called, it. I called our exit interviews a series, so I think since this <laughs> is six versus two, this is definitely a series. Did you really call it a series? I missed I that. I did. I did yeah. call it a series. Well, In all of our social media, I did. Gotcha. Well, um, at least I may have said it on my episode too, but I don't remember. Well, if what the exit interviews were were a series, you can call this bitch Grey's Anatomy because <laughs> <laughs> we are going and going and going. <laughs> this is week two of six. That's true. So a third of the way there. Progress. So, yeah, get excited because actually, after all of these episodes, it'll be draft season, which is so exciting, and we're and, we're, and just. We're, we have a lot of off-season content that we're just very excited to share as it comes, as it rolls through. That we are. And so uh, I just, you know, just last week we talked about five players, gave them grades, all that kind of stuff. And it makes you think, like, just, like, of how, like, wild it is that, like, we are at that point to, like, be talking about the grades of the players and to try to, like – Trying to put grades on 30 player seasons is like actually relatively difficult. <laughs> it is. It's a lot of people. Um, and it's not even all of them. Like, if you think about it, like, there are players, like, we talked about last week that we're not going to talk about players that either, for one, just didn't really play a ton, whether that's aren't like here anymore. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where it's hard to imagine that 30 plus players have played for the Jackets this season, but they sure have. But I mean, if you think about it, as you and Steven talked about in your exit interview, we had 15 people make their Blue Jackets debut. Which, what a stat from him. Can we talk about his performance in those exit interviews? A plus plus to Steven Shrek. Yeah. If we're, for yeah. his research. What's your grades for um, number um, number, I don't know what number to give him, but Steven Shrek. <laughs> What year did you guys graduate? 19. He's number 19. Yeah. We don't have a number 19 right now. so It's true. That is true we don't. So, so. Steven, your number is 19. Uh, but I give him an A plus for the research and the homework that he did to prepare for those two episodes. And if you haven't listened to those two episodes, you should because they've been out for like two weeks now. So Go check those out. Um, they're also just like high quality. We're funny. And Jeremy um, is upset because at the time of this recording, I have more listens than his episode does. That is true. So if you don't like me and you want to support Jeremy, you can go listen to his episode. Or if you want to be petty and be like, hey, you can go listen to my episode. Fascinating. Fascinating. But yeah, I think like, um, yeah, I have to give Stephen an A. As well. Do you ever, and I know you don't feel this way because mm. you are I, better at this than I am. A ray um, of sunshine. <laughs> Damn, I, tell me what you really think about me. Um, but sometimes I learn stuff about our show when I talk to people. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I learned things too because I think sometimes it's hard um, because we do this 90% of the time in our separate apartments. 500 miles away from each other um late at night so most people aren't even awake um sometimes i wonder how we are yeah and it's it's essentially just like you know we started this as as conversations that we were having in general anyway in the car on the way home from games so like it is you kind of forget sometimes that people are actually listening to the show and not just shouting into the void yeah and it's not just us like wanting a time capsule of our voices for all of eternity. Um, there are so many hours of our voices. Truly. Do you ever, this is going to be dark. Mm. Oh my God, this is dark, but this is the first thing that came to my head. Sometimes I think about like how we're living in an era where like 
things like this like voices and things like that are like always saved like people uh-huh. have like videos and that kind of stuff yeah. like our like it's possible that like when you and i both have like grandkids great grandkids like and we're like you know my we're peaced out we like left this earth after living very natural lives up to like 87 um this audio is still gonna exist and like our great 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 grandkids can listen to it and they're gonna be like what is a blue jacket like yeah hopefully the jackets are still around by then can't wait for my ghost to experience jeremy pulling all of the embarrassing things that i've ever said on the show and piecing them together as his in memoriam yeah i god are we gonna do the show until we're 80 i'd love that can you imagine (laughs) Could you imagine, like, like podcasters in existence? We're gonna have like fucking like seventeen thousand three hundred forty-two episodes, and it's gonna just be the most. It'll be more than that. We have might only be. been around for not even a year and a half yet, and we have over a hundred. Yeah, this is one eighteen. Yes, one eighteen. That's so nuts. We really be talking a lot. We do, and most of these are what an hour. Yes. So we have like over five days worth of podcast content or almost five yeah, days well and a couple of those episodes are longer i mean our uh one year anniversary episode that we posted is three hours long oh my god we talk a lot y'all and uh we're we talking... had five guests on that episode that's true that was a lot of fun um and you know what else was a lot of fun no don't say draft game <laughs> i'm not gonna say draft <laughs> It's too early in the show for an ad read, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> we we gabbed so much that it brought us to the ad read. Yeah, right. Your friends that know. Um it's fun to talk about the blue jackets. It is fun to talk about the blue and jackets. And again, as we said, we've done it so much that we've recorded almost five days worth of content. So yes. uh we're gonna do that again today. We're gonna talk about five blue jackets who uh, completed a wonderful season a season that exceeded expectations i think by everybody but we're going to talk about the players specifically listen to a little bit of our flubs i will say good news one of us one of us was right about a prediction this time it happened it happened uh just one of us in just one time out of the five players that we're going to talk about but uh if you weren't here for the last one just to recap uh one go listen to that one what's going on like do you want to do you have something to tell us? Like, why Why did you not listen to Do you not to like it? the five players that we talked about? I uh, mean... Should we talk to Zach Wierenski about your disrespect? Should we talk about... Do you want to talk about how many hits Andrew Peake had? Do you not care about the future of this team? Does Ken Johnson mean nothing to you? <laughs> I have nothing to say about Gavin Bayreuther, really. But, like, does, <laughs> does Columbus's own Sean Crowley mean nothing to you? Like, You look in Sean Crowley's face and you tell him that you don't care about his stats. You go listen to that episode right now. And his now. cardigans. If you haven't listened to that episode, you need to stop this episode right this second and go to that one. We're going to lose fans. We are very threatening in this episode. We are, and I like it. And it's not a threat, it's a promise. But to recap what <laughs> is happening in this series. Aside from us threatening your yes, life. Yes, we have taken all of the Blue Jackets, the 30 people um, listed on the active roster at the end of the season, um, in numerical order. So if you're wondering why those five players that we just spouted out from the first episode, you're like, wow, guys, that's a random bunch of humans. I think that's not my last name. To, di- to discuss. Um, we are taking this in numerical order. Um, and we're essentially um, going to be clipping in for the players that we did. Um, we did a mid-season review. And so we're going to be clipping in as well Um the content from that episode to prove just how wrong we were about most of these people. Um, but essentially just giving years and or seasons in review for every, everyone on the active roster for the blue jackets. Yeah. And I will say, uh, I was, Oh, we have two that we're going to be right about. Oh, that's exciting. But like barely. Hey, a win's a win. A win's a win's a win. Just like we say with the Blue Jackets, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't matter if it's messy as long as it counts. And uh, well, you know how we are. It's usually messy. Always messy. Um, Speaking of something that I didn't think was particularly messy this season, we're going to start the show with none other than Gus Nyquist. We're going to talk about Gus Nyquist, number 14 for the Columbus Blue Jackets in his third season as a Blue Jacket, but obviously his first season back from a season-long injury last year. So really his first, his second full season as a Blue yes. Jacket playing with the team. Actually, his first full season, really, um, yes, because of COVID. But, yeah. but nevertheless, uh, Gus Nyquist is a player that uh, played all 82 games this season, which I think is one of those things where, like we talked about, I think a little bit in the last episode, that's like really – 
crazy impressive right now. I mean, it always has been, but I think like even more so now when you think about COVID and when you think about coming back from the shoulder injury that Gus had the year before and that surgery and recovery, like, I mean, we only have two Blue Jackets that made it all 82 games. The first one was Andrew Peak that we talked about in. But you episode. know that. Yeah, because you listened to episode one because you're a good person. I can't wait for this entire series to be that. Like us yeah. like hearkening back to the episodes previous to be like, you know this though, because you listened. Because you listened. But to start off as we've done with um, the first five players. So Gus Nyquist played, uh, like we just said, all 82 games this season. And had a total of 18 goals, 35 assists, um, which equated to a point total of 53. Um, And he was negative 12 on the plus and minus and had 26 penalty minutes. Fun. I think the thing about plus and minus, people always talk about how antiquated it is and things like that. I don't always agree with that. Like, I think it, it does tell you a little bit of something. Uh, I don't think you can like judge whether or not a player is a good player or not based on plus minus, because I think this is a key example. Uh, Not really many players on this team were in the plus because when you give up the most goals in franchise history, even though you score the most goals in franchise history, chances are right. You're you're, on the minus. A lot of players are going to be on the minus. Even your best players are probably going to find themselves in minus territory. Uh, Even, uh, you know, I mean, I I can't even tell you who there was to, wow, that is painful. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at some of the plus and minus on the, on the season, and it is uh, Jake Christensen was only a minus one. That was nice. But, oh, yeah. no, he's a plus one. This is my dash. Oh. So he's a plus one. Wow. So Jake Christensen, best player on the Columbus Blue Jackets. <laughs> anyway, uh, as we look at Gus's season, obviously um, we had some predictions prior to or at the halfway mark. So here are the predictions that we had for Gus's season. Gus Nyquist has 12 goals, 13 oh, assists God, God. in 25 games, has really heated up like uh, toward the deadline. He, he's been pretty consistent, um, and he's been a really, really good source of offense for the Jackets. He's projecting 11, 12, and 23 for the rest of the season, 55-point total uh, for the year. Uh, is that number higher or lower than what it's going to end up being? You know, I think Gus has been very, like you said, Gus has been very surprising. Uh, We didn't see Gus at all last season. Uh, He was definitely someone I was looking forward to having back with us, Um, you know, as a a veteran voice in the locker room um, and kind of that, not fully, but like he shares a lot of the same qualities that Cam had when Cam was a Blue Jacket and you know, Gus just really, he comes through when we need him to. Like, there are games where we have been shitting the bed and Gus comes through and scores a goal and sort of sets things in motion. And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to say it's going to be, like, crazy higher, but as long as he stays a Blue Jacket, I think I think it will be higher than his projection. I think it'd be I, – I would be more inclined to say higher if he wasn't a Blue Jacket, to be honest. I, and that's, again, just like a, a product of what I think these next few months are going to be for the Jackets. Um, oh, this one's hard because I just feel like if something – like if he hits any sort of a dry spell, man, these numbers become harder to reach. He's one of – one, two, three Blue Jackets who have played four, excuse me, four Blue Jackets who have played every game this season. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go lower and I'm going to let you laugh at me when I'm wrong. I'll let you do that. Are we still talking about Gus? Yeah. Okay. All right. Take your bow. You're the first one that was right. <laughs> Uh, because he was projected to have 45 points on the season. Laura took the higher. I took the lower, as you all heard. I think, but in some ways, I think I was still right. And hear me out. It's because I said I could, like, if he goes into a dry spell, I find it difficult. He didn't go into a dry spell, so he didn't go under. And so that's how I'm going to say I was kind of right about this. But overall, Gus Nyquist, obviously, uh, a really quality season coming back from injury. He in a lot of ways, like not only just on the ice, but off the ice, really strong for the team. I think through, you know, just being a presence through all of last season, even though he was injured, how that helps to develop relationships on and off the ice. And now how that like 
kind of like tied into his play this season, obviously wearing a letter half of the time. Uh, did he have the road letter? Yes. Yeah. So shared that letter with Oliver and just, I mean, wore it well. He was really a story for the team offensively. Like I think, um, you know. And kind of silently. Right. Like kind right. of just, I don't want to say unnoticed because obviously they were tracked, but um, I wrote in my notes, he's kind of like this year's unsung hero. Like he just really, because a lot of his goals and a lot of his assists come on goals that were really crucial to the Blue Jackets either staying yeah. in a game or winning a game. Um, and so he really played such kind of a pivotal, this was his second best career year that he's had, which is wild, which is crazy. I mean, he's, he's 32 years old, so he's had quite a few years, um, in the NHL and yeah, he just really, he's a veteran, he's a veteran presence on this team. Um, I think he's the second oldest player might be the oldest player. He's up there. I mean, um, I think he and Jake Voracek might be the same age. Um, but you know, Gus is just, I mean, he's, he's just such a fun, like casual personality. I think young players relate well to him because yeah. he is just easy to be around and he really is unassuming. And I think that plays to his skill as well, because I don't think that other teams, see him as like a an offensive threat um and so he can more easily sneak into those moments where they just don't assume that he will do anything right um so i think for the blue jackets that's a really um positive thing to have and i also like want to know what he said at the trade like as we were approaching the trade deadline um which speaks to him being given the away letter to where, um, you know, there was a little bit of talk about potentially Gus being up for as trade bait at the trade deadline. And, you know, he said, I really hope that I don't get traded. Um, I really enjoy being on this team. I love my teammates and I want, I want to be a part of this plan and what we have building here in Columbus. And so I just think that that really speaks to Gus's character and, you know, what he, you know, who knows how many more years he has in the league. But I mean, after coming off what could have been a career ending injury and surgery, he had a really great bounce back season. So I don't think we're anywhere near, um, but I know he's going to be a, a big a big part of this Blue Jackets team moving forward. That he will. And uh, like everybody else, he deserves a grade for the season. He does. He does. And for me, I went with a B plus for Gus this season. I think a lot of the things that you said and more speaks to why I gave him a B plus. He, again, was just a sneaky, really solid player for the team. And I think, you know, in terms of production, I mean, I think that number's just going to go up. In the future, like I think next year, it could maybe be his best year in the NHL, and which is crazy to think about. Like a 32, 33 year old, like that's like when you're hitting your stride, like that's pretty awesome, especially on a team like this where you know it, it maybe won't. I mean, we're hoping it's a playoff team, but like it's going to be like a fringe playoff situation. And so, uh, to be able to do that and to be able to be a key contributor, I think it's really awesome. 35 assists is nothing to like, yeah, right, 100%. So, for Gus, I gave him a B. Plus. I think I'm also gonna give Gus a B plus. Wow. So we agree a lot on yeah, these this time do. around. Oh, this is only the first one in this episode, so I, who knows? But I mean, like, just in terms of like, we we've done grades on a lot of things before on the show, oh. and we usually do disagree on grades mm. pretty frequently, as you all know, because you listen to the exit interviews. Laura thought I was going to like be like the world's hardest grader. I was gonna have my red ink out, and I was just gonna be going to fucking town. It happens. It does happen. I'm kind of an asshole sometimes, but uh, not in this case. Uh, both of us have B pluses for Gus Nyquist. Uh, big yeah. fans of number 14 here on I'm this still, show. I'm still waiting for someone to create an image of Gus Gus from Cinderella wearing Gus Nyquist's jersey so that I can put it on a t shirt because I'll wear it. 
Yeah, you would. I, I I frequently call him Gus Gus. I don't do it a lot on the show, but I do it like while I'm watching games. I wish you all knew what Laura called all the players. <laughs> it's usually not their government name. It's not. It's usually never their government name, and it's like a very endearing, like proud big sister kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. she's embarrassed. She's like I stop talking about it, you motherfucker. Um. <laughs> Well, we'll move on to somebody that I think actually I, I do think you uh, use his government name more often than not, and that's Justin Danforth is who we'll move on to next. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin, I mean, like this is a player that I think I at the beginning of the season kind of like put me in mind of of like the Mikhail Grigorenko experiment, where it was like this is a player who hasn't played in the NHL older older like obviously like Rinko had but like it was somebody who was like trying to make their return so you know giving them the opportunity to do that and i think in a lot of ways justin danforth has done what a lot of people hope mikhail Grigorenko would do and that is really establish themselves as a piece of the team as a piece of the puzzle moving forward and i think it's really hard i mean like in the team agreed obviously by signing him to a two-year contract it's really hard to imagine him not being a piece of this lineup for the next couple of years in the bottom six and i think that that is exactly for justin danforth what you wanted to do going into the season i mean and kind of speaks to just his meteoric rise i would say on the team in terms of like his his job security this is a player that we didn't even talk about in our mid-season um you know predictions moving forward he's a player that played 45 games but most of which came on From the back half February of the season. On, yeah. So we didn't really even clock him being somebody that we needed to make predictions for. So you won't get to make fun of us this time around uh, for yeah. being wrong about predictions. But uh, Laura, talk to us a little bit about Justin Danforth's stats. Yeah. So like you said, he played 45 games. Um 32 of which were from February on. So he played 13 games before that. But again, as more of like a fill-in player when someone was injured or someone had COVID. Um, uh, He ended up getting 10 goals uh, in those 45 games, uh, four assists, um, which was a total of 14 points overall. And he was negative five on the plus minus and had 10 penalty minutes. Pretty disciplined season. Yeah. I mean, Justin Danforth, like he, again, he's kind of like Sean Crowley and Andrew Peak in the way that, his what he brings to this team doesn't necessarily show up on a stat line or um on a score sheet because first of all this kid is fast so fast so so fast um i'm actually surprised that he only has four assists because whenever he is on the ice he is desperately trying to get that puck back down or in um the opponent's end so that we can score like he is just he's incredibly fast he has such a read on the ice i think that his line mates always really enjoy playing with him because he has such a read on everyone and can really find his way he's also a smaller guy yeah so like he can kind of weasel his way like through situations because he's he is smaller um but and his if you haven't heard his story go back we talk all about it for like 20 minutes on a previous episode but Mm -hmm. his story of getting into the nhl is just incredible and and it's weird because he is older he's 29 years old so he has this like bizarre mixture of like being brand new to the nhl but also just having this like older brother energy to the younger players so he adds this nice veteran, not veteran energy uh, to the lineup. And he works hard. Like he, it is not lost on him how fortunate he is to have finally made it to the NHL. And he has been working his butt off for years. So he doesn't take any single minute of ice time for granted. Um, and yeah, he just... I really think it was, it was good for what his role was in those last 32 games. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. And I'm so curious to know what is your grade for Justin Danforth this season? I'm going to give him a B. I'm going to give him a solid B. Wow. I'm going to give him an A. Wow. And it's because, like, I, do you know what I think he did effectively? 
Hmm. I think he ended Eric Robinson's time as a Blue Jacket. <laughs> like, I do. Like, I mean, like, I think that in a lot of ways, like, Justin Danforth does a lot of what we it's always just said. It's weird that you would give him a higher grade because he's now pushing another player out of... No, but I mean, is that not like what you want your players to do, right? Especially at that point in the lineup. Like, I mean, it's like you want your bottom six to be as good as possible. Yeah. And so for me, like to to see that happen with with Justin Danforth, Eric Robinson, I think obviously like as a player is, is you know, we'll respectable. Talk, yes. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, and by that, I mean in, in a couple weeks. But <laughs> I think like in terms of the role that he plays on this team, I think Justin Danforth has solidified one kind of similar to like, and maybe this is why I'm giving him an A is like, it kind of puts me in mind of Sean Crowley. Cause I think now we know what Justin Danforth's role is on this team. And I think that as I continue to develop, he continued to match that role. I think he continued to do what he needed to do throughout the, the entirety of the opportunity that he had this season. And obviously it landed him a two year contract and he's going to be a blue jacket for the next couple of seasons. And hopefully he's going to be producing um, and really, showing up for well, the team and i think i leaned more towards giving him a b because we didn't see him play the entire yeah. season i think if he would have played more like say more so closer to like 60 65 games like i think it would have had a better read and but i mean jeremy's right like we do kind of firmly believe that dan forth has pushed robinson out of because one of the major plus sides to justin danforth is he is crazy fast, much like Eric Robinson. But Justin Danforth knows how to stop. This is my favorite thing about Laura is she assigns like tropes to players, Eric Robinson being that he can't stop. And I, I think it's amazing. He can't. This is my favorite thing if, about you. It's I you need to if, I know I know I don't disagree with you. I just think it's funny. If you have never seen it, watch Eric Robinson skate at a fast speed. He does not know how to stop. He just does it? It usually ends with him hitting someone else or hitting the wall. I mean, hey, whatever works. That's how that's how I skate. To be fair, is by hitting someone. And else I don't. Or... I can't skate to save my life. I can't even walk on ice without ruining things. So, well, you know what you can do without ruining things. Play DraftKings. Yeah, you can bet on DraftKings and uh, hockey fans. Uh, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup. It's on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Even uh, DraftKings, uh, you know, it's safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And uh, we've got some more players to talk about in this one, uh, specifically three. <laughs> We do. And we, we got to start with our some first chicken cutlets. And our first defenseman of the episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, fuck Andrew Peak, though. Like, <laughs> I thought you meant the whole thing. It is the first defenseman of the episode, and it is none other than Jake Bean himself. Roll that beautiful bean footage, Laura. Talk to us about Jake Bean's stats for the season. Yes. So, Jake Bean, his first year as a Columbus Blue Jacket, um, played in 67 games, had seven goals. 18 assists, which equated to 25 points on the season, uh, was also a negative five on the plus and minus and had 26 penalty minutes. And I mean, I think Jake Bean is a player that is clearly on the front half of his development. And I think you saw that a lot this season. I think you hear people talk about it quite a bit is that Jake Bean is a player that is going to develop into an NHL regular for this team. Uh, obviously a product of the Seth Jones trade to Chicago. And uh, that to me ends up being a piece that like not many people talk about, but like that second round draft pick that they get from Chicago ends up being flipped to Carolina for Jake Bean. And I'm like very okay with where he's at. Like, I think that he's a player that obviously, like I think a lot of people wanted him to perform a little bit better this season, but at the end of the day, he's still a player that is going to turn into a quality player for this team moving forward. I think you saw a lot of glimpses of that. Obviously seven goals. What I think we don't talk about a lot is like a lot of those goals were pretty 
Kegel. I think he had yeah. two two goal games, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. too. So like when he's hot, he's hot. And I think that that is the kind of thing that he'll work on in the offseason is like how to be more consistent in his play. He's probably one of those players that we say drives offense a little bit more defensively than, say, an Andrew Peak or a Vladislav Gavrikov, although, like we said in the last episode, maybe we can't say that about Vlad anymore. But, uh, yeah, he's a defenseman that I think is going to be a part of this lineup for a while, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other thing to consider with Jake Bean, too, is that he had a couple pretty significant injuries this season, um, and so that did take him out of the lineup. But I just, I love the dedication of Jake Bean. Like, um, if you were able to catch any of the stories that were done on him over the course of the season, he's very, very dedicated to his training routine. And he has been doing a lot of stuff that's kind of like innovative in the NHL as far as a defenseman is considered in how he trains. Um, He has these really cool, I've talked about them before on the show because I just think they're fascinating, but he has these really cool glasses that he wears um, while he's uh, warming up before games that essentially like turn on and off. So flip from bright to dark um, rapidly and it helps him better know how to see the puck on the ice because I don't think a lot of people think about how difficult it can be with all the white of the ice and the lights the way that they reflect and their visors like it can be really really it's hard for fans to see the puck sometimes can't even imagine what it's like you know at ice level and moving at the speed that it is like and to do those sorts of things are really going to improve his game tenfold tenfold and we're the Blue Jackets are lucky for that. They're lucky that he is wanting to pursue these like other ways of training to make himself a more well-rounded player. And, you know, I think that he had, I think if you ask the team, I think they're pretty happy with what um, he was able to achieve this season. And I think, you know, he's still young. He's 23 years old. I think he will definitely be one of the players that benefit from a couple more seasons in the NHL. Um, and by the time he gets through those, like he's going to be a really solid defenseman. Yeah. So I totally agree. I think for Jake, I'm giving him a C plus. Um, I think average, but a little better than average is kind of like where I see it. Did we not comment on Jake at the mid? Oh, we did. <laughs> I'm just so excited to give him a C plus. Um, and I, it's funny that I'm like being the person who is trying to rush over that because uh Y'all can listen to it for yourself. Uh, I'm right about this one, so uh, listen on in. And a player that might be a little bit harder to project his point totals just because he's going to be injured for the next few weeks. Uh, so we're projecting him at, at 30 games played, hoping that that's you know kind of is in line with his timetable of returning. And that's Jake Bean. Jake Bean in the first part of the season, 4, 11, and 15 for the Jackets uh, in 41 games. So in 30 games, we're projecting 3, 8, and 11 for Jake Bean, is that number going to be higher or lower for you? Um, that's hard because it really, he's not as offensively minded as some of our other defensive pairings, which is why he plays with Zach so frequently because Zach is more of an offensive defenseman. And so you need that balance when you have someone like Zach. Um, that's hard. And because we just don't know officially like how long he's going to be out. But I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go higher. Interesting. Yeah. Are you going to be higher for everyone? No. <laughs> No, I have some definite people that I, I, I think are going to miss the mark. Fair. Um, for me, I'm going to say it's it's going to be lower. I think just with the uncertainty of, of coming back from an injury, um, not really knowing what you're going to get, I think it's probably fair to say that he'll be lower. Uh, so 3, 8, and 11, I, I mean, would not surprise me if he surpassed it, but I'm going to go lower. All right, so I'm going to give Jake Bean a C+. <laughs> um yeah i mean i was uh and he's gonna celebrate his victory i mean by a point right like so like he was projected to have the 26 points he gets 25 so 
this is like a barely situation. And I think you probably, let's say that you would have said some 27 is how many points you thought he was going to get. So you just yeah. barely went over. So yeah. uh, <laughs> moving on then, who do you, like what score do you give Jake? Like what? what I was going to give him a C, C just overall. Like, yeah. again, I think injuries played a big part. So like there, those are certain things that he needs to work on. But as a young player, like that's, those are the things you learn. Like people, again, don't often think about, the learning opportunities that come from injury because sometimes injuries are caused by the own that player making a mistake and you know not positioning themselves when they're going into the boards or not you know just not understanding the timing of certain things so like as he develops he's going to learn to better manage those circumstances um so yeah i think see you're passing Jake Bean, so it's okay. C's get degrees. They really do. They really do. And uh, speaking of somebody who uh, is going to maybe struggle to get a degree uh, moving forward, yeah, turn the page, Laura, uh, on your stats there, uh, is Brendan Gantz. So Brendan Gantz is uh, obviously a player that got a little bit more uh, familiar with the NHL or a little bit more familiar uh, with the Blue Jackets that I think a lot of people would have projected at the beginning of the season. Again, this is the player that we did not uh, do predictions for uh, at the halfway point because, quite frankly, he hadn't really played much uh, at that point. I actually don't think he'd made his debut. I think his debut yeah. was in March. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, like, uh, a player that came into the lineup as a product of quite a few injuries in the in, uh, forward core, covid you know, things of that nature, trades. And so when we look at Brendan Gantz, I think it's hard to like, hard to talk about his season because he's not a player that I think you're holding to the same standards as probably the rest of the lineup. And that is maybe unfair, but I think it's true. He's a player that comes in as a replacement and I think he played replacement level hockey at times. I mean, at times I think there are moments that he struggled, but in his 30 games played, Laura, you've gotten written down here. You've got five goals, two assists, uh, good for seven points and a minus two. Nope, plus uh, two. Plus two. I we're gonna have to work on your dashes on the plus or minus uh, <laughs> because that is a little confusing. But he's uh, a plus two. So obviously, you've spent a lot of time playing on the fourth line. Spent some time with like Sean Corrali and Eric Robinson. Spent some time um, with whatever forwards they had to put on that fourth line because of injuries. And so he's a player that I think is, you know, probably. Not going to be a Blue Jacket next season, but I would not be brokenhearted if he was kept in the organization and if he got a, a two-way deal or maybe even just like a one-way deal down in Cleveland to remain a part of the Jackets organization and keep him close close to the chest in case we need to use him. Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously an older guy. This is not his um, – this is his Blue Jackets debut. This is not his NHL debut. Um, so, you know, and he did just like Jeremy said. He played – fill in like replacement hockey and there were some like shining moments. Did he, I want to say that he got a goal like in his first or second game. I think that might be true. I could tell you for sure, but I know that he had scored pretty early And on. so like pretty, I mean, we're always excited when someone makes their blue jackets debut and they like score or, you know, get some sort of point in the first couple of games but you know he did he did basically what we were looking for him to do with the team that we had yeah. at the time he scored in his second game okay but then i mean like in his first I mean, he had one game. Uh, it was the game against Buffalo in Columbus where he had a three-point game. He had a goal and two assists. I mean, he had moments. A lot of his points actually came toward the beginning of his stint. He didn't really have a ton of points after about halfway through those 30 yeah. games that he played. And that's kind of the thing, too. Like, you're, you're running off this, like, adrenaline from getting, you know, to play up with the big team in these, like, kind of desperate moments, um, even though we weren't technically go we were never going to make it to the playoffs but they kept saying that we were still in the running like you know you're still in those moments but you're having to fill the shoes of players that of the likelihoods of you know alexander texier and like all these people that weren't boone jenner that weren't in the lineup due to injury like so he he did i think what we anticipated he would do so yeah. But, yes, I would like him to stay at least in the organization for those moments when we need someone because mm -hmm. he's familiar with 
you know, our system and how, how Lars works. And he would be and was a very good player in Cleveland, even though they had a horrendous season. Yeah. He needs, I mean, like that team could use all the help they can get. So like calling better than like stick around. <laughs> um, so Laura, I jumped the gun last time. You did. But this time you get to let us know first what grade you'd give Brendan Gons. C? I gave him a D plus. I was like, I don't know. Like, I just. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. But, like, it was just pretty average for me. And and I don't like to discredit that because everything that, like, any of these players did, like, obviously contributed in some way. But, like, as a fringe player, C for me. That's fair. So. A player that might be a little hard to talk about his season because it felt like the season kind of like split itself up based on the injuries that he had. And that is and Adam. We're gonna fight about him. So I don't think we are. I don't really think we are. And that's Adam Boquist, uh, who, you know, played in 52 games this season. I'll let Laura kind of dive into like the more extensive stats. But obviously, the the real, I mean, aside from the, the draft picks in terms of players the player that came back for Seth Jones, the player that I think most Blackhawks fans were disappointed to lose only 21 years old. I think a lot of people like forget that he's really that young. Uh, and he's still in uh, really, I mean like this would be like the first like regular season that was like 82 games that he's played in and his NHL career. Um, he did not play 82 games, but, uh, but nevertheless, he's a player that the jackets were very happy to get in that trade. And he's a player that I think is going to be really pivotal in the future. But uh, as far as 2021, 2022 goes, Laura, talk to us a little bit about his stat line. So, yeah, like you said, he played in 52 of the 82 games, uh, which equated to 11 goals, 11 assists, so 22 points overall. He was negative 11 on the plus and minus um, and had 12 penalty minutes. Um, Yeah, I think that he is a great result um, from the trade for Seth Jones. I think – it's nice to have another sort of more offensively minded defenseman on the team. Um, so he shares a lot of characteristics with Zach Wierenski. Um, and 11 goals in 52 games, like is pretty great stats for a defenseman. Like, um, and they were pretty crucial goals for us. Like Adam yeah. Boquist is the reason why, the Blue Jackets won some pretty pivotal games sure. early on in the season. Um, and I think if he had stayed healthy, then it would have been an even higher um, number than that. So, cause he, he's a, he's a scoring defenseman. He likes to shoot the puck. He's not afraid to shoot the puck. Um, he's not a, as big of a passer as most defensemen are in those circumstances. So yeah, I think if we can get him to stay healthy for this for a longer time than which i think he has potential to jeremy does not that's not true (laughs) it's not that i don't think he has potential to i think it is just um you know obviously like i think if you're the blue jackets like a lot of what you're thinking about this off season is what can you do to ensure his health right like what can you do to uh give him a routine that will allow for him to uh what sucks for him though is like it's not like it is with other players where um my my statement when we talked about him earlier was like or a few months ago was is he gonna be the next ryan murray and i think the thing about ryan murray was like at least in some parts like i think some of what ryan murray faced was like preventable in terms of like back issues like things like that like there are things that you can do and train over the offseason like try to like mitigate some of those things uh and and potentially potentially even surgeries right but it feels like adam Boquist gets concussed a lot yeah and that's like it's hard to like maybe it's like a change the way that you play kind of thing but like as somebody who like has suffered from many a concussion like once i received my first concussion it's like you're like a lot more susceptible to future concussions and so maybe it's a different way that he plays his game and maybe that's something that gets like worked on in terms of of strategy but obviously i think if you're a blue jackets fan like you want him to continue to stay healthy like you want him to avoid you know 
avoid concussions at all costs. I mean, we've seen concussions take a lot of players out of the league at a very early age. And so I just have this worry that Laura likes to make fun of me for that. Maybe that could be something that we have to worry about with Adam Boquist. It's obviously something that I hope isn't true. Like I hope that that's not the case, but um, there's a part of me that is a little worried about it. But nevertheless, I think when you look at a season, you're very happy with it. You take the points of his season where he was healthy. And when he really started to get into a rhythm, because that's the other part, like his injuries were very, very sporadic like he like yeah. would play uh, you know a decent chunk of games injury out for a um, week or two weeks maybe more than you know uh, play and you take a minute to get back into the swing of things right like you can't just like you don't step back up onto the ice unless you're like Patrick Line and start producing at a rapid it's rate not his episode yet I know but I have to shout him out whenever I can and so that's my way of trying to get him to stay mm. but you look at this and it's just like he's a player that you know, 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 points. Like, that's going to be the lowest total he has as a Blue Jacket. Like, and you could yeah. say that with, like, almost certainty. And so, for me, uh, I'm going to give mm. – I'm going to – oh, God, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> please please listen to us talk about Adam Boquist again. Um, enjoy it. So, then we move on to a player who played a little bit less games than everybody else due to injury, due to COVID, and that's Adam Boquist. Adam Boquist – uh, has registered 14 points for the Blue Jackets this season so far, seven goals, seven assists, which would register a good for nine, nine, and 18 for the remaining 39 games. Do you think that Adam Bopus is going to be higher or lower? That's my new defensive heart and soul. Um, again, it's another one of those things like he, because he was my like sort of person last week of you know, who to look out for in the rest of this, of the season. So if he can stay healthy and he can get kind of on some of these runs is when he, when he's hot, like he's hot, like he's had a few game runs where he's scored, you know, multiple games in a row. Like it's just a matter of getting that consistency and him staying healthy. So, um, but again, because he missed such a long time being injured, um, I'm gonna say that he'll he he will probably exceed. But it wouldn't be necessarily entirely shocked if he didn't, and he stayed at the like number that they projected him at. I think for me, this is maybe the easiest one. I think it's easy. It's an easy hire. I think with him, what's been hard is like. In this first half of the season, it feels like he'd kind of get going. COVID, he'd kind of get going. Like you know, I mean, it's just like it just feels like he's the kind of player that when he plays, and when he plays often, it just you know, I mean, like the results just come. And of course, I mean, this guy still played so few NHL games by comparison. Like I think we all expect for him to be a lot more developed than he is. That's just going to come with time, right? And I think because of that, his point totals will come with time. I'm going to give Adam Wilkes a B. Um, is what I was getting ready to say before Laura reminded me that I'm terrible at hosting a podcast. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think like, again, both of us wrong about this. I think part of that just comes from, it's hard to predict injuries, right? Like he ends up, I mean, actually some state, like 10 points below, like what he was projected yeah. to be. So it's like pretty sizable. And both of us said he was going to have more than that. But I think when you consider the fact that it's 22 points, 52 games versus the number of games that were projected based on what we had at that point in the season, I think it was fair for us to go higher, but of course that does not happen so how about yeah. you what, what's your i'm name? also going with a b so b i think Buckwist. that he again if he hadn't been sidled with these injuries um i think he would have come closer to his projected um numbers and especially like down the line even in the last 10 games he got injured again so um it's just a matter of staying healthy and maybe even potentially being in one of those circumstances again, like learning how to combat um, these injury possibilities. And so he's got a nice, a nice long off season to, to work on those. And I'm sure his brother who's also in the NHL will help out with that. Come on. Yes, bro. <laughs> but uh, Laura, those are the five players that we're talking about today. So we've got 10 down, 20 to go. Woo! Uh, we're just chugging away at these. Hopefully you all are enjoying it so far. If you're listening and you're like, these suck, can you let us know like how to, they can be better, please? Like We obviously want to give you good content. So let us know. But I think we're having a good time doing it. 
obviously we'll be here at the same time next week to do that again. But Laura, is there anything else on your dome? No, I think I'm, you know, just keep listening. Like we said, like once you get to episode six of this series, it's going to be draft time. So, you know, lots of exciting, not that exciting things aren't happening all the time in the off season. And who knows when we're going to pop up with a, a extra episode because something extra exciting has happened. I just said extra way too many times, but it'd be extra, extra, extra exciting. Mostly Patrick yeah. Lyon. I could you sign. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, not, not really just hang out with us. Um, and like, it's sad when your hockey team is not playing anymore. So like relive some of these moments with us. And the best news for you is that you don't have to wait until episodes come out on Tuesday to relive those moments with us. You can relive those moments with us literally whenever you want. And you can do that by checking us out on all of the wonderful places that Laura gatekeeps. And she has a choice. She has a choice at the end of every episode. And she could either hold on to them forever and not tell you where to find this content or she could tell you. So I'm going to actually leave it to her. Laura, are you a uh, team gatekeeper team not gatekeeping today? Team not gatekeeping. Okay, today. well, you better let him know. I'm that also where... just always team not gatekeeping with these, but sometimes he steals them from me. So I do, but it's been a while. It has, but it, it still happens. I, I did do it for Steven's episode. Well, yeah, what did you want me to do? Just like I could have clipped it from somewhere, I could have like plugged it in. That would have been weird. Yeah, just true. like as an entity showed up, you know, I did the intro in mine, it was very cute, yeah. Anyway, so back to what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, follow us on social media because we're not just posting episodes once a week. We are still continuing with fully providing content um, on all of our social media platforms. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, if you want to learn more about the two of us and our podcast, you can check out our website, SubjectivelySpeaking.com. Uh, if you would like to support us going to Finland in the fall with the Blue Jackets, uh, please go to our merch store and buy yourself some pretty sweet, subjectively speaking, merch. We are hoping to have um, some more designs come out over the off, the off season, but you can visit that store by going to subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. Again, we don't know why it matters, but it does help us get noticed and helps us uh, grow our little hockey community. So other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. And hopefully uh, y'all continue to stay well, stay safe. You're coming in on a long weekend. Hopefully you all are enjoying the principles of that. Hopefully you're thinking through a wonderful cookout food that you're going to have for Memorial Day. Maybe you're traveling like I am. Uh, we both have weddings like to go to that weekend. Yeah, it's kind of that. It's kind of that time. It's maybe is it dark to have a wedding on Memorial Day, like that weekend? Uh, no, because it's nice. Because then your guests still get a weekend. That's true. Even though they spent a day at your wedding. That's practical. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, uh, basically schedule your weddings for three-day weekends is the moral of the story. Yes. We do appreciate appreciate that personally. Mm -hmm. um, but until we get the chance to talk next time, which will be next Tuesday, we hope that you all stay well, and we'll talk soon. Bye.